Welcome to Story Comic Presents, where we interview amazing storytellers and artists. This is episode 295. I'm your host, Barney Smith of StoryComic.com, and we're excited to have with us the internationally acclaimed and talented children's book author, Dr. Anne Marine Wabuzar. Hey, hello. Pleased to be here. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. So, this is exciting stuff. Like you actually just, you, you recently just published uh, a children's book called Emmanuel and the Polka Dot Best Friends Conquer Kindergarten. Yes. Yes. So, and I co-authored that book with my son. Okay. With your son. And you have, as we're talking before we went on the air, you have four boys. Yes, I do. Wow. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, I have one, and and we're surprised of how much energy just one boy has. But I mean, so congratulations on four sons. So that's 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 pretty exciting stuff for you. It is, it is to to say the least. It's very. There's never a dull moment that I will mm. tell you. Boys, they get into everything. They have lots of energy, lots of ideas that they want to get into right off the bat if they can. <laughs> <laughs> and you know it's just interesting seeing them come starting their own personalities come out and trying to channel that energy constructively so Anne marine so you got a phd in conflict resolution analysis yes yes okay so with that said so, so those that are interested so check out her other website as well it's actually called um PeaceCenteredServices.com, and there that you can learn a lot more about with uh, about Dr. Anne Marine on there. And so, does this children's book kind of also reflect um, your uh, the work you do, um, the work you do at at the Peace Centered Services? Definitely, definitely. Um, you know, the work that I do presently now is that I do life coaching with children. And okay. my whole thing, bringing in the conflict resolution aspect is when I uh, was done with my graduate studies, I actually went into the, I actually was in public school before I went into grad school. And there's something that I did notice in public school that was missing. Yes, the academic piece is very important, but the gaps mm. that I did see was that conflict resolution piece, emotional intelligence, building confidence, self-esteem. And when I brought in those tools into the classroom. I have a master's in conflict resolution as well. So when I brought in those tools into the classroom, I saw the difference. Mm. The way the children acted, the way they treated their classmates, instead of seeing them as adversaries, they started seeing them as they were like brothers and sisters. I taught mostly at risk students. And so for a child, when they see a child come into the classroom and notice their, de their demeanor, their countenance, and for a child six, seven, eight year, years of age, to ask the classmate is huge. Did something go on at home? What happened? What's mm. wrong? What's going on? Rather than that person comes into the classroom, is combative, you know, changes the whole atmosphere of the class. But teaching them how to use those tools, children want it, they need it. They might not be able to articulate it, Barney, but 
in different ways, they do ask for those tools. And so a lot of all this stuff informed um, what I'm doing today, informed how I raise my children because I was looking for different answers, different ways to raise my boys too as well. And this book actually is has been <laughs> over five years in the making, Barney. Wow. And the reason being, my second son, Emmanuel, he's nine. He'll be 10 later on this year. As a child, he struggled with change. Mm. Um, changing anything of any sort, going to a different school, going to a different playground. He always liked everything the same. And kindergarten was particularly a difficult year for him. And so I encouraged him because I know his strengths. I know his, his, his gifts. And one of them, even at a young age, was writing, reading. And I encouraged him. I said, Manuel, why don't you write? And it's actually based on, it's a, it's the, the, the story is based on three events. I'm like, Manuel, why don't you write about okay. what you're going through? And that in the process of writing, it will help you, you know, it's like therapy, it's therapeutic, writing your thoughts down in a journal. In the process of you writing and sharing your thoughts, you'll be able to help other little boys and girls with the same thing. And I told him, I will, you know, you share your own thoughts and I will share my own thoughts. And then if you see some parts in the book where there's an exercise, that's where I'm bringing in the conflict resolution piece, stretching out of your comfort zone, knowing that wherever your mind goes, there the direction your day, your life goes. And so that's how we started this project. But unfortunately, I stood in the way of this project. Yeah. For five, for five years, I was afraid. <laughs> wow. I thought he would get judged. Nobody would like it. So my own fear. So I had to stretch out of my own comfort zone. So I had to walk the talk based on what I've been teaching my children all this while. And it was last year when it came to a head. Um, he's, all my children are part of my entrepreneurial journey. I want them to be part of it, see the trials, the triumphs, everything. So they're, they're excited. They all want to do something of the sort when they grow up. So he in particular too has taken a vested interest in my day to day. So he has always been asking, oh, can kids be, you know, entrepreneurs, success, successful business people. And Barney and I went off into my coaching spiel. Yes, you are this, you are that everything pumped up everything and he just stood looking at me like uh-huh okay and then it dawned on me i don't know i i can't explain it i keep telling people it's just so real it was like an epiphany call it what you, you it may it's like i could just sense what he was thinking right. right but then what about my book because i went into that whole spiel you're a writer you write so well you can sell books and then it dawned on me i'm like there's this project here that I have sat on. He's asked me for asked me for a publication date for so long. And then I said, you know what? Let's do it. My dad passed last year. So it was a really trying time. And I told him I just needed to, you know, there are certain pivots I needed to do in my business and get my mind right. And I gave him a date. And we, you know, stayed on that date. And here we are. And I can say our relationship is even for the better for it, Barney. Wow. Because him seeing what he had envisioned come to life. He made Amazon number one bestseller. And I tell you, this young man, I'm like, you want to be an entrepreneur? So I'm not going to pay everything. I want you, he already chose the illustrator, so I want you to raise the money. And he said, what? I don't have enough money in my piggy bank. I'm like, that's fine. You can be creative. What can you do? And so he wow. said he can raise fundraise. And so he picked up the phone, he wrote a pitch 
picked up the phone, went through the list on my phone, dad's phone and people he knew, and he raised $2,000 to get his book wow. illustrated. And so think about how that, what that does for confidence right. for a child. And so that's where this book came about. So polka dot is actually real. Is his stuffed animal? Okay. <laughs> so as well. And Emmanuel also is based off of um, my son. His name is Emmanuel too. So this is right. the first book in a series of other books he's going to write. So I started co-writing it with him. So the next books he's going to do by himself. Writing a children's book is a little bit different than uh, the writings that you're used to doing. How is writing a children's book different than um, writing any other form of academic or inspirational pieces that you would do in the past? Very different. Keep it simple. Right. That's it. <laughs> that's the only advice I overthought it. And that's why it was great that he was on this project because he also edited the work. I mean, I also had professional edit editors go through the final edits, but he edited it. No, mom. Mm. It's, <laughs> um, we don't talk like that. <laughs> Uh, it's it's too wordy. It's too. It's just too much stuff. Keep it simple, and that's why. Right. And and he was right. Keep it simple. The kids want to get to the information quickly. They don't want to try. They don't want all these innuendos, or try. You know, it's. I mean, you know, you know, as 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 the age groups grow older, you know, you have mystery, you know, stories and all whatnot. That's fine. But for this age group, which we're targeting, you know, two to five, right. And that's what he said, mom. You is you're being too serious. <laughs> it's not that serious. Keep it simple. So for anyone going into the children's space, not overthinking it. Right. Simple sentences, getting straight to the point. That's the children's attention span at this point in time. Is not again not always wanting to feel like children can handle stuff, but just the reality of the age group that you're dealing with. They want the gist of the story. You don't want to lose them or get let them get bored with the story. You want them to just get what you're saying. So that's my advice because like you rightfully said, I've done academic work, I've written other books. So this was, this was, this was, like I said, I really stretched myself. And then you had to have illustrations. That's a whole different ball game. So yes, that would be my advice. Just keep it simple. Your son Emmanuel found the illustrator or did you, where did you find the illustrator? I found the illustrator. He was is a classmate of mine that I went to high school with. So okay. he does. He's an architect by trade and also um, does fine art. He's he has okay. that gift. So when I, I had approached him, I had found other illustrators, but Emmanuel liked the realistic look, and he wanted to work with him and. Based on what he raised and what he was willing to do and seeing that Emmanuel did this, it was really nice that he got on board with this project and he was able to let him realize his dream. And, and so how did that work with that, you know, identifying with an illustrator? What was the, what was the process behind it? Did he come back with some designs and you say, no, change this? Or was it straight on? How did that relationship go back and forth? Oh, yes. There was a lot of back and forth. He had to send, you know, drawings. Apart from the, my having my own parents' um, thoughts about it, but since it was in Manuel's baby, he also had a lot of say. The color of the backpack. Believe you me, the backpack that he carries in 
the book, so many revisions till he got it right, till Emmanuel was satisfied. He said, it's, it's the way Emmanuel said, it, it, it reflects who I am as a person. So I want, I identify with this character. This character is me, it's not really made up. Yes, there's a, you know, a magical element in it that, you know, the, you know, the turtle, you know, talks and all whatnot, but still it represents him. And so he wanted it to feel that way in the book. So yes, we went through several revisions several drawings, color, placement, how the, um, the illustrations will also represent what the message we were trying to give, bring with the book. And they, of course, the illustrator too, also had ideas too as well, which was great. So it was a back and forth. So it was not just a one-way street, it was actually a two-way street. So the illustrator also had very great ideas that we incorporated into the book too as well so you've done a lot of other books as well is there um do you see this as um separate of the library you've created or is there's same the, the same messaging and the same issues as you say of like confidence building and stuff that happens within this children's book yes for now i'll i'll say that that's the theme that i'm sticking in it's, it's definitely i'm sure it's going to evolve as time goes on based on the season of life i'm in also based on what i'm doing oh i just want to do something different but for now like this is the first children's book that i've done everything else i've done mostly is adult like novels that i have done but i do want to do children books of my own which i have i actually have a graphic children's book in the works that i'm i'm doing just by myself and it's surrounding this theme so i really want to run with it um, because, again, of what I have seen as an educator, coming as a parent, teaching in the public schools, you know, I, I taught at the college level, but also seeing the needs and seeing what, what we need more of at this present time, especially now that we're in the post-COVID era or coming out, coming out of the post-COVID era, and just seeing what I, I see and encounter coaching children and the needs. And these things, parents are asking for it. They are looking for tools. They are looking for solutions. And so if I can offer the solution, not through just coaching or working in the schools, but I can also offer that through books, which, you know, we kids, is kind of, um, um, what is the word I want to say? It's non-threatening. You're holding right. a book. You're reading about somebody else. You're reading about a character, but you're also getting the message. Kind of like what I do in coaching. I use stories. Stories are powerful. The children are able to identify and see themselves in stories without you pointing the finger. Like in Nigeria, I always joke with parents or the kids that I, I work with. I say why I love using stories because in Nigeria, my parents were very famous for that. Story time, night time, dinner is over. You know, dad or mom has something to say to the family and they start on the story. And then how is it possible that Barney, the story starts... Um, they're, they're very great, great storytellers, my parents. How is it that the story starts sounding like what somebody did earlier on mm -hmm. during the day? And then everyone starts snickering or laughing because they know who they're talking about. <laughs> but my parents have not actually said, you know, who the person is, but they are, they are telling the story. They are giving a moral. They're giving a, a teaching in the story. And then you get the point. So they haven't pointed fingers to you. They haven't shamed you. Let me put it that way. They're not shaming you per se, but you get 
the gist of what is going on. And that's what stories do for children. You know, they right. can see themselves, they can identify, they can see the problems that the, the, the character is going through and how they finally resolved that problem. So. And, and so what about, you said like worksheets, there's like some companion sheets with this as well? For not yet. At the, in the book, uh, there are questions at the back of the book that are interactive so that parents oh, can, okay. you know, the, the kids and the parents can have that interaction. So he wants a companion book, you know, activity book, you know, a coloring book. So that's what he wants to work on. And that's what he wants consequently with all his other books that he does work on. Are you looking at also as like, as you do more books with Emmanuel, are, are you, is, is he interested in sticking it to like the, the two to six year old or, or is the audience going to grow as he gets older as well? I think he's going to grow as he gets older. So I think right. at least for this polka dot series, he would do it in this age group. But I know for, I, I do sense that as he grows, that his stories will evolve, the writing will evolve as well. And that's why I mentioned for this age group, um, you know, the advice that he gave when we're writing it and we're going through it was, you know, just let's keep, keep it simple. And right. then as he grows, of course, and, you know, he grows in knowledge, comprehension, writing and all, it's, it's definitely going to change, except if he makes that decision to want to stay within this age group, which is also fine. So what's, what's, the, what's the, the theme and the message that parents will get out of this for their kids? Just helping their child know that if they're afraid of anything, the, only, the, the best way to tackle that is to take action to just mm. do something. And that's what he did in the book right. because he was just so afraid. And in real life, that was the same thing um, that was that happened with him. Uh, my friends, am I going to have friends? What's kindergarten going to be like? Is it going to be hard? And that's what I walked through with him during that time. Gave him strategies, things to say in school, what to ask the teacher. Right. Well, you had to do something. You had said you have to take the first step. And once you take that first step, it becomes easier. The more you do it, the more confident. And you will not know unless you try. So what's the personality of Polka Dot like? Was that fun trying to come out with like having a stuffed animal, like get, giving a stuffed animal a voice? Was that something that, that you worked with your son on? Or is that something that he did it all in his own? We worked on that together. Because yeah. he wanted Polka Dot to be prominently featured in the story. So mm -hmm. we thought about what, I, and the question I asked him is like, what would you like Polka Dot to be like? Would you like him right. to be like a mom figure, a dad figure? Like, no, 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 no. More like a friend, a pal. Okay. Somebody that, you know, is always, you know, you have friends. Because I, I, oh, from a young age, I've always told them that whoever they surround themselves with, is very important. Whoever mm. is, if it's a friend, whoever they go to school, sports, that they need to choose people who lift them up, who build them up. And that's kind of like what he alluded. He said, if Polkadot was a real person, and he said, I took a lot of comfort with Polkadot, you know, he took him to school because he made him feel comfortable. He made him feel, you know, brave. And so if right. Polkadot was a person, he said the person would be like a best pal, a best friend. Okay. Yes, right. that's what he said. And so it's it's about it's a twenty eight pages, so that's like a perfect size. Is was there a way that you're trying to balance out, trying to 
shorten it? Was it always that? Was it always going to be that long, or did you have to edit it and shorten it or lengthen it, or how did it was, that work? Yes, it was much longer because okay. and that's where the <laughs> professional editor came in to help us because okay. he had a whole he had lots of dialogue going on <laughs> in there, and then I had my own dialogue going there in in there too as well. And so that's, it was painful, I won't lie, because you get, when you're writing the book, you get really attached to the story, what you have written. Right. And so that was really like pulling teeth for right. us. But in reality, when the editor told us, you know, if you look at other children's book, which we had, you know, that was part of something that we had to go to look through other children's books and see the length, the average length. Right. It's not right. 40 pages. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> is way less than that. So the professional editor was really helpful in helping us cut it down to the bare minimum to hone in on our message, what we wanted to talk about. And also, most importantly, what Emmanuel wanted to convey, you know, the friendship aspect for one, and then the aspect of taking action, just doing it, and how he was able to overcome that fear of change. Because once he was able to do that, it became easier for him every grade so it didn't go away completely in kindergarten but he had went through it kindergarten was was huge it was just a huge i don't know it was a huge block for him but once he was able to take those steps consequently first grade second grade and then after that when school is coming oh it's first day of school big deal really that's how he is now but i witnessed that it was a process and he had to take action he had to do it one step at a time. And so I think for him now, it's just huge to just see this. And I told him that you took a step too in writing this book and sharing. I said, you were sharing that you were actually scared because Emmanuel, if you if you meet Emmanuel, he, um, he takes a lot of pride in himself or not wanting to show that, you know, he he's scared about things. You wouldn't know now, but back then I said, so it's, it's huge that you're doing this and you're sharing this with other people because this is something that you really struggle with. Right. So now, it almost seems like I'm talking about an older person. I always have to remember that he was like three, four. <laughs> and he's just nine. But when I keep, I don't know, it's it's just funny to me when I keep saying that, you know, when you were little, but I'm like, he's not even a teenager yet. So because you have you have other children or have they been playfully you know telling you hey where's when are you writing a book with me mommy or anything like that i knew that when this happened that the pandora pandora's box was open <laughs> i knew so i'm i'm embracing my oldest one him and emmanuel like collaborating i'm like oh gosh <laughs> it's an investment writing a book <laughs> I tell you that I'm like I have four. My youngest one, actually, um, Justin, he's going to be an author too. He's coming out with a coloring book. He has a self-talk coloring book that he's coming okay. out. With. That one. So we put it on the back burner because of in you know the launch with Emmanuel. I wanted to see the process. That is already we already have everything done. We just haven't had it illustrated yet. But his is coming up pretty soon. Um, my third one, he's not interested. He said he's not interested in prose, but he's an artist. So he wants to do something different. Coffee, table, book, paintings. I'm like, Lord, I'm in trouble. But that's good. I encourage, <laughs> encourage that boy. Yes, when all this happened, yes, I opened, I opened that box. 
I open that box. But I'd rather have this type of challenge that they want to try. And that's why right. I keep on telling you will not know otherwise unless you tried. You will not know that you have this gift. If if he wasn't challenged or if I didn't ask him to hone in on this gift, he might not have ever taken that step. So for my other kids, hey, if they want to, it might become a side hustle, something. I don't know. The 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 it's limitless what can happen. And that is the that is the key, Barney, for for children. Right. Yes, I know we can't entertain all their whims and all whatnot, but in coaching children and having four boys, different personalities, what I have found along the way is that all they want, they just want to be seen. They just want to be heard. They just want to be validated. That's it. That's all across the line for most, for, for children. That's all. Are you listening? Are you hearing? Are you encouraging? Let's see where this we will take us. Well, let's see where this will take you. I wouldn't have known if I didn't continue along this path. It's in manual. He writes really well. And then out of this book came out, emanated a conference, the Confident Child Conference. And Emmanuel, for the first time, spoke on stage. He launched his book. He, he signed books. It was huge. So from writing, doing this, he is taking a more vested interest in public speaking. Who knows where that will take him? And this just started by saying, you know what? I saw this. I know you have this gift. I know you can do this. Write this challenge. Let, let me give you this. Let me, let me give you this challenge. Let's take action. How do you take action? And that's unlike you always, you, you asked before, that's the overarching message with this book. Taking action is a way to overcome fear. Stretching yourself just a little bit. You just might su- be surprised what you find out on the other side. So uh, Dr. Anne Marine, if people want to learn more about the book and learn more about uh, your work, where is the best place they could go to? So if they want to purchase the book, Amazon for sure for right now is the best place to get the book. My work um, is peacecenteredservices.com. And um, on there you see, so the building the house of confidence we were talking about, that's, that's actually like a workshop. So I do workshops. I do group coaching, one-on-one coaching as well. Um, so yeah, they can find out more information about the type of work that I do. So Emmanuel doesn't have his author website yet. So these are all things that we are working through. So he is the first one. So consequently, with the others who want to do do it, the process will be, <laughs> will be, um, I, I guess, I wouldn't say lengthy, but you know, it's more familiar. Let me put it that way. I know the ropes. I'm learning the ropes. Like I said, children, the, the world of children books is entirely different game and I'm learning. And then you do what I have also here on uh, on on peacecenteredservices.com that says book a consultation. Yes. So that is for those who are interested in in you know my coaching services. So there are three tiers to my business. So I do coaching services, I do um, training for educators. So because educators work with children, so that mental health peace as well for educators and then i do um, motivational speaking as well so les brown i don't know if you know him was my mentor and coach 
And that is something too that I stumbled upon. I didn't know that I would enjoy public speaking. And this came through when I started, you know, writing. And I don't know if we have time for this, but what I'm really passionate about working with kids, self, you know, confidence building, kids identifying their talents and building their own unique pathway was what I experienced myself. All this started at age six for me. I know I'm from Nigeria, I grew up in Nigeria. So at that particular point in time, what I saw, you know, in society is change is moved. But what I saw that back then in Nigeria, um, those who were, you know, accorded a lot more respect at that point in time were those who were in the, you know, professional fields, so in the medical field, law, engineering, and all whatnot. For me, at the heart of who I was, an artist, creative, liked working with people. That's all I always wanted to do. But what I saw then was that if you had economic power, if you were in one of these fields, that you'll be respected. And so I thought, medicine, no, I don't like blood, not going to do it. Law, don't like to talk <laughs> to people. I like to be behind the scenes, which is ironic that now I do a lot of talking for a living. And I thought engineering, engineering is kind of cool. There are not lots of ladies doing engineering. And then my grandfather was an engineer. My dad's father was an engineer. They let me tinker with your stuff all the time. And I, I loved it. But what happened then afterwards, because like I said, in my family it was like, oh, at that point in time, eight, six, I made that decision. I said, I'm going to be an engineer. I'll be an electrical engineer to be specific, to, to, to be specific. That that's what I wanted to do. And I ran with that story for years. You know, the family should be the first engineer in the family. But the thing that happened is I struggled in school. Mm. I made good grades. Don't get me wrong. I made good grades, but it came at a cost. I worked hard to get those grades. And I put on a mask. I put on a facade. At the core of who I was or who I am was not that person. So I like being called being part of the smart girls, few girls who were in tech, in, you know, the technical field. But the, at that point in time, like I said, my classmate reminded me the other day, say, now I understand why you are always asking so many questions. I said, wow, I didn't realize that. It serves me well now today because I don't care. I will ask a question. I don't care. I'd rather know. If I, if I didn't ask, I wouldn't know. But I was asking because I didn't understand. I didn't get it immediately. And it chipped at my confidence. Why were my siblings so quick to get all this? And it took me such a long time. So I kept on with it, came to the United States, you know, started college, age 16, and something interesting happened. I, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was a teaching style, but I started understanding those subjects matter that I found really difficult. I started having professors asking me to tutor other students. That never happened to me, Barney. I was always on the receiving end. I was always being tutored. I was always being the one sent to me. But here on the other hand, they were asking me to do that. And so I won awards again, stuff I didn't do. And then I got invited to meet the Dean of Engineering then. And it was a big deal. I told my parents, you know, in Nigeria, if you're going to see the Dean, my goodness, that is huge. So I told everybody, we're going to go see the Dean. Got in there. And he pretty much told me that I didn't belong in engineering. He said, <laughs> I'm like, what? what? I'm like, 
this is not how the conversation is supposed to go what he said no i don't think you belong here you should consider food nutrition food science now there's nothing wrong with food nutrition or food science but i don't have interest in food nutrition or food science and he said because i made a b plus in trigonometry i'm like if he knew my backstory that a B plus was like an A plus 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 for me in math, you know, that'll be huge. So it was stuff like that, you know, like I said, it's, it's, it's chipped at my confidence and I wore that for so many years. I eventually didn't finish up with engineering. I failed out of engineering <laughs> actually. And that was devastating. That was, so by the time before I finally found my identity, found my way, it took it took a lot going back, and which was great that I went through that process. But I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what my gifts were, or most importantly, I didn't even think that my gifts were gifts, which was a problem in of itself. And so consequently found myself in the conflict resolution field, which was great because like I said, the, the capacity for working with people, issues, my, you know, coming from where I came from in Nigeria, the stuff that was going on there, all of that agreed with who I was as a person. So I also saw it as I was not solving problems in the engineering sense, but I was solving problems like in the human sense. And along came when I made a segue working with children, like I said, coming from what I experienced as a child, what um, I struggled with, you know, building up my confidence, building up my self-esteem and seeing the needs that I saw in public school and then also working with my children really, really informs what I do. There's something to say about planning, but also making sure that people might see the strengths in you that you might not have noticed before as well. Mm -hmm. Dr. Anne Marine, you're going to have to come back on when you have your sequel book coming out. We'd love to chat more about, you know, just seeing the further adventures of Emmanuel and Polka Dot. I will. And like I said, if I don't do the second one with him, you probably would just be talking to Emmanuel. All love right. That. Well, thank you so much. It was, it was a pleasure talking with you. Oh, always. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on here. It was a blast. I always, I always get the timestamp things, which makes it fun. And do you have, you have, um, I almost messed it up there. You got, what your PhD is in? Conflict resolution and analysis. Well, so you got conflict, res so you actually took that the whole way through. Okay. All right. I'm one of conflict those Conflict resolution and analysis. And analysis? Yes. Okay. All right. So I'm going to timestamp that for, so this is all going to be off. I'm just going to add to say this and then it'll be so smooth. I, oh, look no. so smart. I know. I, I, I know how it goes. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to look so smart and I'm just going to put, I'm going to leave all your ums in there and I'm just going to take out all my ums. It's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs>